Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the new VVK podcast. I am your host, Craig Folly. Thank you so much for being with me today and hopefully for many, many days in the future as we launch this new venture here at VVK PR Plus Creative. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. Important conversations with newsmakers from the city of Detroit, from the metro region, from the state of Michigan, and frankly, from around the globe. We think that we have a great opening act for you today for this first ever podcast that we have. And of course, my guest is going to be Cindy Paskey, who is the CEO of Strategic Staffing Solutions. We caught up with her on Mackinac Island just a few days ago at the Mackinac Policy Conference. She had a lot to say about a whole lot of things. So stick around for the VVK podcast. Again, I'm your host, Craig Folly. We've got a lot coming up. Hey, Craig here. While we take a short break from the program today, I want to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor agency and, of course, the company that I'm working for these days. That's VVK PR Plus Creative. Now, VVK is a Detroit-based public relations and creative agency that operates on three core principles – Strategy, creativity, and diversity. It is the lens through which we approach growing our clients' brands and our agency. Now, we understand the leap of faith that clients make by placing their business goals and vision in the hands of a communications and strategic partner. In our minds, every client is a partnership, and the key to any successful partnership is a relationship built on both trust and collaboration. And understanding your goals and what it takes to accomplish them is critical to your long-term success Every organization has a story to tell, and we are here to help you tell yours. And how do we do that? Well, we have a number of different services that we offer, including public relations, media relations, digital media, video production, public affairs, issues and crisis management, stakeholder and community relations, organizational and executive positioning, and of course, event production. You have a story. Again, we are here to help you tell it. That's VVK PR Plus Creative. Find more at vvkagency.com. Hello, everybody. This is the VVK Podcast. I'm Craig Folly. This is our inaugural edition of the new podcast we're launching here at VVK PR Plus Creative. My guest today, Cindy Paskey, of course, the CEO of Strategic Staffing Solutions. We are at the Mackinac Policy Conference, hosted by the Detroit Regional Chamber. Cindy has been making the rounds, talking to media. She's being panelist twice today, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here, and I, I hope you're having fun so far. We've been keeping you busy, that is for sure. You have absolutely been keeping us busy, and thank you so much, and congratulations on the new venture. Um, you're, you're a group of incredibly talented individuals. So. Well, I appreciate that very much, and, and again, you know, I, just for full disclosure, Cindy is a client, and yes. uh, that's not a bad thing. We just have an opportunity, though, to talk to some cool people, and we get to work with cool people, so that's a, a good thing. Cindy, like I said, you've been busy. You've got two different uh, sessions that you're a panelist on today here at the conference, and one of them is um, part of this whole conversation around civility, which is a big pillar here at the conference this year, and trying to get people to talk to each other again. I have to ask, I mean, what advice can you give in this arena? Because it seems that we've been talking about this for many, many years, especially here at this conference. It doesn't seem like it's getting better. Um, are we breaking through anywhere? Well, I, I don't think I'm the one to measure if we're breaking through or not. Um, but I, I do know that we, we, we have to break through if we value what we're a part of. And that's not, um, that's not at, a, at a micro level. Uh, if we, you know, the ambassador spoke yes, yesterday. One of the things he observed is the U.S. is still great. 
and I'm sitting here listening to everyone talk about how they're arguing and not getting along together. And he's like, you're great, but you have to work together for the world to see that you're great. And I feel that's the same at the state level. It's the same at a city level. It's clearly the way a successful business runs, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But I'm not the one to say whether we've made progress or not. Um, but I, I think that you can't make progress if you don't actually acknowledge that there's an issue that needs to be discussed and changed. You know, okay, that brings up an interesting point then. I mean, because this is something that businesses have to confront all the time, right? You need cohesion in the unit. Yes. Um, and CEOs and, and, and companies have been trying to figure out ways to make their employees get along, get employees work together. Are there lessons from the business community that government should be looking at, frankly, uh, when it comes to... You know, breaking some of these uh, some of these problems that we've had this logjam. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, it's like there's there's <clears throat> there's the vision side of the business, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to have a vision. You have to have a mission that your team believes in. Um, but you also have to have the tactical side. So this mm-hmm. is how we're going to do business. This is how we're going to make decisions. This is how we're going to decide who's in the room and set expectations about what's going to be done. doesn't mean everybody's going to agree with everything, but they shouldn't walk by a meeting and go, why wasn't I in that meeting? They should understand from the beginning of their employment with you, this is how we decide who's where to do what to make a decision. Really obvious, attitudes, right? Attitudes around that, though, are changing, it seems. Yes. I mean, I, you know, just as somebody who has been in a position of being a boss and supervising mm-hmm. lots of people... Uh, there is almost a demand on the part of, of younger employees to be a part of that decision-making process in a way that they never expected to be in the past. Like, it used to be you just don't question the boss. People feel free to question the boss a lot more than they ever used to. And, and I think questioning... Is that okay? I think questioning the boss is okay. That being said, let's go back to the original thing. If, <laughs> if they believe in the vision and the mission of the company, right, that's the first starting point. So... If they don't believe in that, they go in questioning from day one. And why would you have someone be part of your team that doesn't believe in what you're doing? Okay. Who does it fall on then to make sure that that mission is clear and understood? It's it, Well, it has to start with the CEO, right? So I can't waver on what our four pillars are. I can't waver on how we look at the world. Um, and, and then I have to have, and the team has to have the backbone to say... Person acts, you're really, really talented, and we really need to fill this slot. But we know you don't believe in what we're doing, and we don't believe since you're over five years old, we're going to be the reason why you change. <laughs> so we'll continue looking, and we'll keep that position open. Uh, yeah. So, I, I, all right, let's let's get off the civility issue for just a little <laughs> bit because I mean there is a lot going on here. Um, the other thing you're talking about is is COVID, and um, you know how that's changing your role as a CEO. I'm back at the office, but a lot of my coworkers don't want to be at the office. They're used to working at home. There's a lot of discussion around whether or not, you know, team unity, cohesion is, is, has really taken a hit as a result mm-hmm. of COVID. We talk about school performance all the time. What about work performance? Well, what have we learned about COVID in terms of, of where we are in terms of productivity and people fulfilling their role? I think we should back up just a little bit. So you think about how, how long it takes to make a habit, right? You know, you talk about this, you want to lose weight, you're supposed to do like X number of... I, I don't know what that's about. Like so. X number of weeks of <laughs> yeah. this or that, or you don't want to change your... But you have to create a habit. So let's not forget that having people work from home because they had to for a year and a half 
that's a long habit that we've created. So people that loved being in the office have now put a different structure around themselves. So to have them come back, which in our world we mandated, um, but we also recognized that it wasn't just going to be instantaneous, I'm happy, I'm here, because they've spent a year and a half working in a certain way. So it's a, probably a good six months before they're back into the, the place they were before March of 2020. I think one of the big issues with, with uh, telecommuting and working from home has been sort of this trust factor, frankly, on the part of employers that, that their employees are going to do the right thing and do their jobs when they're not necessarily under the watchful eye of their bosses. Uh, what have we learned about our ability um, and our employees and, and their capabilities with this? Because it has been a huge experiment. Um, I mean, I struggle to, to get my hours in to make sure that I'm justifying everything that I'm doing. But, you know, it's important to me to, to prove that I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. But it's, it's still, it's difficult. And I, I think the trust is on both sides here. Uh, was it difficult for you personally to sort of adjust to that? Because... It is different than when you have everybody under one roof. It, well, of course it's different, and I think that I think in some positions it's very doable, right? Because if a position is deliverable based, um, the leadership should rate the individual on the quality of the deliverable as a complete as it on time. Now that if someone's really good, that may mean they create capacity for themselves in a day. But reality is you shouldn't care. If this is the assignment you've given them and this is your expectations, then if they get it done early, they get it done early. When it's not deliverable-based, particularly your world, when it's creative, Mm -hmm. right? How can you be creative if you're not across the table from each other? I would agree. And, And in the technology world, when we talk about the agile work, which is, which is, Meetings are five minutes, and they're pods, and you roll around, and you can't replicate that in Microsoft's Teams. You cannot replicate that. So you saw initially this great increase in productivity, I think partly because people were scared. So they were like, I'm so thankful I still have a job. I'm here at home. I really don't know what else to do. I'm going to work 12 hours a day because I just my whole world is upside down. That lasted for about six months. And then they were like, okay, I still have my job. The world's not where it needs to be. But this is now how I'm going to function. And you started to see productivity go down, go down. And then it passed that point of it's not where it needs to be because we're not together. You still have a lot of reluctance, though. Um, There are a lot of people that just, again, they've gotten used to this. They they like it. Um, And an organization like yours, that's, you know, a lot of the people that you're dealing with, you know, you're putting people in in situations that are sometimes going to be permanent, sometimes they're not. Um, Right. And every... Every environment is different. So how do you train people to be ready for that changing uh, expectation? Uh, because they're going to go from place to place, and it's going to be different everywhere they go. It is going to be different. And it has to for us, it has to be part of the very initial conversation. So we have our overhead team, mm-hmm. right, which is a good-sized team. It's over 200 people around the world. Um, but then we have 3,600 consultants that are deployed around the world. And so with the consultants, it has to start with the very first conversation. We would like to talk to you to see if you're interested in this type of position for this type of customer. But at the very beginning, it's, and this is the requirement to have that, to have the opportunity to be considered. 
And if they say no, we don't push it. We don't try and force a hire to happen because it won't last. When are you going to feel personally comfortable that safety and everything else people are worried about with with COVID, um, where it's no longer the concern that it still is? I mean, we're still seeing high transmission numbers out there right now. I mean, you know, we're all gathering here on Mackinac Island, and a lot of people were saying, not a great idea at this point. When do you think people are going to be comfortable that this is something that, I don't want to say is in the rearview mirror, because it's likely going to be with us for a while, but it's just something we're going to have to live with, and offices are going to go back to being offices. Personally, I've been there for about six months. Yep. I think we should be past it. I think there was a lot of, like, um, angst and comment over the, the approach that the U.K. took, but their cases have dropped. Their hospitalizations have dropped. They don't test. They don't count. They recognize that you should be vaccinated, that you should have your boosters, and that it's there and move on. Well, I want to go back to something you were talking about, the U.K. Uh, you talked a little bit about globalization recently. Uh, you guys uh, have just, you know, opened new offices. Uh, you're expanding all over the globe. Uh, Asian offices, uh, of course, you, you are in Lithuania as well, which we'll talk about in just a second. Is it difficult for you to sort of navigate all the different countries and the different ways that they're approaching this uh, when it comes to your business? Because it is different everywhere. It's totally different. <laughs> it's ever-changing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, actually, it, it, it's not because we've been in Lithuania for almost 25 years. So when you think about a company our size, when we became international, we were unusually small back then for a company to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in 16 countries now. And part of being able to do that successfully is you have to respect the culture, understand all of the laws, understand the labor laws, the trade laws, the treaty laws, how do you pay, who can cross what borders, who can work where. If you're set up to do that, COVID is just one more thing that you need to understand. Yeah. Uh, talk about Latin America, um, your expansion there. Uh, I don't want to say that you're going to places that are considered, quote-unquote, less stable sometimes yes. uh, than the United States, and, and we talk about our own stability quite a bit. But uh, talk a little bit about how you choose sites that you want to be in, what makes for a comfortable fit for S3 when you're looking for, for global expansion. Um, well, thank you for that. That's a really good question, and I think that's real important. We looked at many countries in that part of the world for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a huge market. You need to be there. We have to be there. Our customers want to be there, right? A lot of our competitors say, oh, we follow the sun, and S3 says, no, we follow our customers, and our customers are like, you need to be here. So that's always the first thing. We choose a country that our customers are already there, and they want us there, because that means when we go in, we're going to have an opportunity to do business. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it has to be one where we feel that we will not be pulled into a situation of corruption to where it will be safe for our team to be there Mm -hmm. and that we can navigate appropriately through the government in an appropriate way, Um, which ruled out a lot of countries. We had an opportunity to have an introduction in Argentina through Ambassador Mamet and that open the appropriate doors in the appropriate way for us to do what we needed to do in order to do work there. And then we have two customers that were waiting for us to make it happen. Now, personal question, 
Does that mean you get to go visit, visit Buenos Aires every once in a while and, and have some fun down there? Because I've never been. I've heard it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, Paul and I have been there twice. Okay. Um, and um, I'm anxious to go back. And it is a beautiful country. It's an incredible education system. And so what you will see is part of where us three always goes is where there's individuals that have the ability and desire to be educated and to learn. And their, um, their, their university system is outstanding. I'm jealous. Uh, all right, let, let's wrap it up with this because um, you brought with you a guest to the conference this year. Of course, he's a member of parliament from Lithuania. He's the former ambassador to the U.S. and Mexico from Lithuania. Lithuania has been uh, your European home um, for quite a while now, as you mentioned, 20-something years. Lithuania, why the Baltics? Uh, what about that place was the right fit for S3? Uh, because, you know, given their geography, given the history, uh, you know, they are NATO members, which is a big deal, but not, I mean, there have always been people worried about whether or not Russia was going to say, no, nah, we want those back. Right. Right. So, um, I mean, full disclosure, I'm a, my grandparents came from Lithuania okay. in 1911, but that wasn't the decision. The decision was when we were introduced to the country, it was a population of 3 million with 30 universities. And the technology and finance skills there cannot be matched. Right now, it's considered the most wired country in the world. Uh, from a technology standpoint, from an access standpoint, it continues to rise up on how little corruption there is in the country. Um, so it was the same things. The talent was there. We had individuals that wanted to stay there, that wanted to have a career opportunity, that had the skills. We had customers that, that we'd worked with long enough that when we said, this is where we think you should do business, they were like, we trust us 3 let's make this happen. The government is transparent, open, very little corruption, um, they listen. I've been in front of Parliament many times. We've helped to craft appropriate labor laws, appropriate immigration laws. Um, they want to have business succeed. They sit at the side of the business. Um, we work with Vilnius University, which was founded in the 1100s, yep. <laughs> one of the oldest universities in the world. And they have created curriculum for large corporations that we have brought there with the idea that their students will then be able to intern. Now think about that. And they get this done in a term. Find a large university here in the United States that will adjust a curriculum in a term for a large corporation that's looking to hire. Wow. Find one. I, I don't think there is one. Right. <laughs> so had people that wanted to work that wanted to stay in their country, that wanted the opportunity, had the university system, had the talent, had a transparent, supportive government, n little corruption, and then it's an absolute beautiful place to be. So talk a little bit about the importance of bringing the ambassador with you uh, today, because, I mean, I, I think all of us are sort of watching what's happening in Ukraine. Um, the Baltics have been warning about this kind of thing for a long time. They do not like the influence that uh, Putin is, is wishing to, uh, in, you know, exert over there. Uh, it's got to be a bit of a scary time. Is it, is, is it the kind of thing that impacts what you're trying to do over there, or do you just keep on keeping on, or is there something that you're trying to get people to pay attention to? Thank you. Uh, you know, I think that um, we are a member of NATO and EU, and, and my, my message to our team there 
is it has to be business as usual. The best thing that we can do is support the economy, create jobs, put people to work, be financially strong, which gives us resources to, to provide support. That being said, we have to create awareness. Um, Putin is an awful individual. He's evil. He is not stable. This is not something that we should step back and go, well, we'll let it work out. Um, he and Russia should never be forgiven for these actions, ever. And part of what we're looking to do here is, is continue to raise awareness um, because, as you well know, we ha- this, is a, this is a significant war. Mm-hmm. It has significant tentacles. They go to China. China goes to Taiwan. It goes on and on and on. And how quickly did it go from above the fold on the first page to section two? You know, I want to ask you a quick question there before we wrap up, though, because what you're seeing is a lot of businesses saying, well, we're, we're stopping doing business with Russia. They pull up the stakes in Russia. They move to Dubai or something like that temporarily, just waiting for things to blow over waiting so they can go for, back in. Right. What do you want to say to those people? And, and is, is, there, is there a way to pressure them so that maybe this divestiture from Russia is something that's not temporary? Um, I say to them that that's leadership without backbone. I think that um, it shouldn't be temporary. I think that it should never be forgiven for what has happened. Um, and to think that we're going to run in and sell something again, and this isn't going to repeat itself. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's like you should learn from your history, and they haven't. You, you know, but you're talking about your decisions on where to locate your businesses. You're taking into account the level of corruption in countries. Is the government somebody we can work with? Is it an educated workforce? Is there anything about Russia right now that is appealing to a company like S3? Absolutely not. And, and would there have been before, even? No. It's a very corrupt government. I mean, look at the situation in the military, right? The military is struggling because there was so much corruption within their own military. Yeah. Right? No, absolutely not. Well, fascinating times we live in. Well, congratulations on the expansion, though. It's a big deal. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, because the, the Southeast Asia thing is a big deal. Yes, um, it is. And so congratulations on that. Argentina, obviously. Yes. Cindy Paskey, we always appreciate talking to you, um, and we appreciate uh, your faith in us. Thank Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Cindy Paskey of Strategic Staffing Solutions joining us on the first ever edition of the VVK podcast. I am your host, Craig Folley. Very glad to have you with me today. And uh, you may have heard me mention in that uh, interview there about the ambassador, former ambassador from Lithuania. Well, there's going to be a bonus edition of this podcast with him going to be a really, really good conversation. I'm going to have that posted in the next day or two. So look out for that. Something you're going to want to hear. He's got a whole lot to say about what is going on in Ukraine and how it has the potential to destabilize the entire region over there. So you're going to want to listen to that. I think it was a great conversation uh, and you will enjoy it. I will have all kinds of information for you soon about how you can reach me, how you can send me emails, all that kind of good stuff, where you can find the podcast. I'm still getting it up on all the different listening services right now. So thanks for checking it out. I really, really do appreciate it and uh, look for a lot more fun content coming up in the future. I did a bunch of interviews up on Mackinac, some good stuff there that we're going to be sharing with you over the course of the next few days and weeks. And then I'm looking to do something once or twice a week. Hopefully that's the goal. So keep looking for fresh content. I am Craig Folly. This is the VVK Podcast. Have a fantastic day.